the past. It used to be a newspaper. The Bob Podcast. Not outclassed. Ones on mass. Getting on my leader right up to the end of the game. The Bob Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Buff Podcast. My name's Mark Isles and I am the chief football writer of the Bolton News. Listen only to the sound of my voice. Relax and listen to every single word. Pay no attention to anything else. Unless you're driving, then watch the road. And when I count down from three, the last week will never have happened. Three, two, one. Just before kickoff, the Cambridge fans held a protest, calling on the local authority to approve plans to redevelop their antiquated ground. That was soon forgotten as the home side took the lead on 29 minutes. Russell's cross caused havoc, the ball broke to Butler, Trevor Benjamin was on hand to bundle the ball home. Benjamin's 11th of the season and his third in the FA Cup. Then controversy, Benjamin powered through the middle, Whitlow wrestled him to the ground, but as the home fans looked out the red cards, ref John Branwood amazingly gave a free kick to Bolton. Harsh words from Bolton boss Sam Allardyce at half-time, and how it worked. Bob Taylor with a spectacular equaliser, seven minutes after the interval. Fifteen minutes from time, the same Gardner-Taylor combination knocked the stuffing out the second division side. Substitute Gudjonsson sealed Bolton's quarter-final place with a beautifully taken goal on 86 minutes. Great character from the Bolton players after their midweek Worthington Cup disappointment at Tranmere. And now it's time to introduce my co-host for this podcast and a man I know wants to talk about the derby. So, Paul Warren's side, second place in the table at the minute. A very, very big club, uh, but they seem to be struggling to pull away from the Bolton at the minute, Harry Hewitt. Uh, they are, yeah. Um, I mean, amazing how uh, there is another team that seems to be... No one wants to go up. Uh, Barnsley, actually. Barnsley want to go up. The rest of us seem to be happy in this league. So, um, yeah, go on the derby. Yeah, go on the derby. No, it's 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 been a, a it's been a bad week. It's been a bad week. But we're recording this on leap day. If you want any more omens, right? This is this is the only time we're going to get to record this podcast on a leap day until twenty fifty two. So twenty eight <laughs> years, right? So we'll have done about seventeen hundred episodes by then. Where will Bolton be in twenty eight years, Henry? We'll put this little little podcast uh, time capsule in there. So twenty eight years later, people can throw it back in your face. Digitally, obviously. Oh, yes. Uh, we will, um, well, with the uh, revelations this week that we are um, unofficially the richest club in the world, um, <laughs> I think we'll be in the European Super League. In a world, no, we'll be in a um, a, a, galantic, a galactic Super League. Mm. Uh, we'll be playing Mars United. 
Yeah, I'll be looking forward to uh, Venus Away on Bank Holiday Friday, which, you know, that's a good Friday, <laughs> rather. It's, it's, which, you know, the trains never run on time um, and uh, and they don't serve decent food there. There's, there's all sorts of problems for... And the Wi-Fi, honestly, on Venus, you, honestly, you'd think they'd get it sorted. They've managed to master intergalactic travel, but they can't get Wi-Fi right on Venus. Um, right. No. And uh, the FC Moon fans singing <laughs> Bolton get battered everywhere they go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where your derby? Where your derby? With the closest, <laughs> with the closest planetary uh, body that you've got. <laughs> yeah, Bolton think Mercury at a derby, but Mercury don't care about Bolton. They're in uh, a different world, literally. Uh, I, I was gonna, I was gonna try and flex my astrophysical knowledge and and, and, and refer to a rock that's even smaller that's orbiting the moon um, that I could like hark back to some sort of non-league uh, days in the But anyway, it's it's. We've probably delved down that to... We've got to talk about the real one. We've got to talk about the real... Um, Blackpool. Blackpool, yeah. So let's start with Blackpool. <laughs> um, I mean, February can bleep right off, to be honest. Uh, it has been a really rough month for Bolton. Injury-wise, suspension-wise, there's been so many distractions. You know, and the form has not helped. They've not helped themselves, I don't think, even though there's, there's loads of mitigating circumstances. It just feels like Bolton aren't helping themselves. No, it doesn't, and and you could you could write well do a podcast about the Blackpool game, uh, let alone both of the games in the last seven days. Yeah, uh, um, and it seems to be forgotten about now. Just what happened in that one, but yeah, very disappointing. I think um, you know last week's positivity is is wore a bit thin with me, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I'm not playing that but... music again this week. Let's play that way. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's just you know I think. Um, We've had now two days or a day and a half to calm down from it. But I think um, for me, especially after Tuesday, I mean, Saturday weren't weren't good at all. But then to lose both of them, you, you know, they're, they're tough games. I'll accept that. But uh, if you want to get promoted and also, you know, this new Bolton Wanderers, it, it, there seems to be something every year that we can't get over. The You know, a few years ago, oh, we can't win at the smaller grounds like your Fleetwoods and Accringtons. Now it's you can't win the big games away and mm. i was you know i was racking my brains and trying to think of like where where we've gone and actually won i think apart from barnsley where we won three uh, nil and that's partly because they had a man sent off after 10 minutes i can't think of anywhere we've gone you know when you think of the um the bigger games we've played you like so vips which yeah we beat them 5-2 but Ipswich were about to sack the manager at that point mm. last year we, we scraped a draw you know, your Sheffield Wednesdays, we never won there. Plymouth, we never won there. Um, you know, Wigan, we've not won there. Blackpool, we haven't. You know, Barnsley, apart from that one time, we've played them other times, even at home, and they've got our number. Uh, Derby, we haven't beaten them away. So it's just this continuous narrative that we can't go in the big games uh, and, win, and win. And, you know, Blackpool was was one thing. We'll get on to that, obviously. There were many circumstances during the game uh where it could have gone Bolton's way or it it, well, it clearly didn't but again then you look at the Wigan one and you think that it, for me I, I don't know I've got a to start this positive this comfort this podcast off on a uh, not a very positive note which let's face it was always going to be I I worry about the players mentality at the moment that's the one thing I've took from it is that are these players did they have the mentality because there's only the Plymouth game in the, the at Wembley. That's the only time I can think of where mm. 
they've gone toe-to-toe 11 v 11 and won a game against a, one of the bigger teams or our rivals, to be honest. Well, we'll start with Blackpool then because there was there was a lot of positivity going into that game. I, I feel that the, the midweek win beforehand had set them up nicely. They knew there were two big games coming up against local rivals and uh, and Blackpool you know, weren't going that great themselves. There was a lot a lot of fans that I spoke to beforehand and, and the local lads um, in the press as well who, who said that there was pressure building on Neil Critchley and, and an early goal for Bolton and, and that's that really. And, and Bolton got that early goal. Thomason scored a cracker and, and, and at that point in time, Bolton looked... You, you couldn't have got a bet on Bolton to lose that game for me. Um, but at 1-0, the whole game just flipped on its head and... The referee, Josh Smith, uh, he didn't come out of the 90 minutes smelling of roses, let's put it that way. He smelled of something decidedly worse that you put on roses. Um, And, yeah, I mean, one decision, and and that maybe harks back to what you are saying there about mentality, but one decision just seemed to flip the lid and all of a sudden Blackpool had momentum. Yeah, it, and this is it, is that, okay, it wasn't a foul. It was a very soft decision that didn't go Bolton's way. But then, I mean, you've got to question the referee because there were another time, uh, a free kick in a similar position actually in the first half where uh, it's a foul, it's not a foul. The guy gives it. Bolton players are, are talking to him to, to, you know, to obviously uh, say it wasn't a foul and then Blackpool take a free kick and uh, a, f- a quick free kick and he just continued and it, it, you know I just felt that even at that point and that didn't go to anything but he, he I don't think he had control of the game you know no. Blackpool just carried on and Bolton were but I think we've said this before Northampton away was another one where you've got to you're not going to get decisions every week and yeah Bolton are going through a period now where they're not getting many decisions um, and you've, you've got, got rise to have a, you, you've got to rise above yeah. it. Yeah, you've got to have a strong mentality. You've got to rise above it. You've got to deal with it. And that first goal, they didn't because it wasn't a foul. But then, why is they've had three passes and the guy? It's a great finish, but he's hmm. he's been given that opportunity, hmm. and then suddenly you go from dominating a game to to being on the back, you know, I don't even think we're on the back foot because I think after they scored, we we then took control again and then they scored again and then you're chasing it. So, yeah, for me, it is a mentality thing because that was, it's Saturday was poor. Um, we'll get onto the Santos incident in a moment and, I, you know, it was always going to be difficult after that. But, but to be honest, I, I don't think before then they were particularly strong enough. They missed the chances. Blackpool had two chances, scored them both. We had a, double, triple that, didn't, you know, only scored one and we've allowed them to win 4-1. Yeah, I mean, Bob Varson, I'll, I'll maybe let Bob Varson off a little bit because he did bring a good good save out of Grimshaw, who I thought another goalkeeper who played well. Uh, Carlos Mendes Gomez could not have possibly done that again and it's not been a great week for him, let's face it. And then I think Dacus Cogley as well, off the back of the Bob Varson chance had, had a one from, from close range again it's not been a great week um, for Mr Dacus Cogley either but the, the the game obviously was summed up in a Bolton perspective by the red card now Ricardo Santos sent off for a foul on Kyle Joseph and uh, Joel Coleman had chose that moment to come racing out 
which set the the real panic stations going, uh, forced Santos into that challenge, really, as Joseph was going to knock the ball over the line. Referee saw it as a penalty. Um, People in the Bolton camp do dispute that, even. They said he won the ball, but... Personally, I think you can make an argument for a penalty, and, and it maybe is a is a judgment call on the referee. You've got to let him make that call. Um, but then he showed a red card, and you know, for for Joe Schmo like me up in in the press box to look at that straight away and say, "Hang on a second, that's not the law." And immediately, I, I went to <laughs> to the FA rules, and I'm, I'm <laughs> one of these guys in the press box. That's not the law. That's not what it says. <laughs> and so straight away, I, you know, I, I was able to access that, and that's me. I've got no refereeing background whatsoever. How on earth? I, I can't really tell. And even when the details came out with the appeal, which obviously Bolton won, they he didn't put it through as as a, like a dangerous play. If if Josh Smith had claimed that Ricardo Santos had gone two footed into his knees and it was it was you know a, a violent um, violent conduct or what have you, then you can understand why he gave the red card. But he didn't. He just got it completely and utterly wrong. Yeah, and that's what's poor. And the the thing is, is that I think you said what he got. He's got Plymouth Fiat switch, is it this weekend? Uh, yeah, he's in the championship. Yeah, and he does. That's well, where he refs as well. He's, a good, you know, from from a from a uh, from a pedigree point of view, he's a very good referee. Well, he's, he doesn't know the rules clearly, um, but you know I, that's what's disappointing. I'm with you. I personally, I don't think it was a foul, but then I've seen that many times that people have slowed it down, and it it can be given, it cannot be. It's a subjective uh, opinion, you know, and it's a catalogue of errors. Yes, Coleman started it um, because. Well, you know, you could argue it's been started before then, very similar to the Wigan goal. They've got in at that end area of the pitch. Yeah. But um, Coleman rushing out has not done anyone any favours. Santos has had to do what he's had to do. In hindsight, could he have, you know, stuck his foot out and tried to block whatever uh, Joseph were doing? Um, I, I don't know, you know. But Santos has had to make a decision. And in my opinion, he's made a good decision because I don't think it's a foul, but... Obviously, it was given. But yeah, the fact that the the rules are wrong is you can't forgive that. And I think that this is just the look we're having at the moment. And this is it, is that Everett is going on about saying, well, you know, we need to look at ourselves. We can't be blaming referees and everything. And I think he's right with that. But then you go and have what something on Saturday where I think the way the game was being played, I don't think we would have got back to 3-3. It was one of those days. But I don't think we would have conceded a fourth goal. So it, it kills the game. And then Ian Everett's got to come out afterwards and try and keep his peace and try and be on his best behaviour because we've still not heard about the Northampton thing, have we? Well, he, he had it yesterday when we, I'm expecting an update either this morning as this podcast going on. We can do that live or, or at the press conference this afternoon. But, I mean, from, from what we're gathering from Ian Everett, he's probably going to get a rap on the knuckles and, and, and a potential uh, suspension for the Cambridge game. So... Um, he wasn't very oh. upbeat about that, but you're right. You're right. There you go. You know, this ref gets promoted back to the championship. Yet Ian Everett, uh, and we've discussed the Northampton game. He's just, you know, I think I I do feel sorry for the manager in that sense. Um, and I know a lot of people haven't been feeling sorry for him this week, but I do feel sorry with with the referees because what can you do? He's He's got to come out after the game and explain himself. And explain the decisions he makes. Yet referees can get the game. Who is their job to know the laws? It's it's not mm. your job. 
Mm. It's not my job. It's not the... It, well, I guess the players do need to, but it's not their, specifically their job. It's the referee's job. It's his job. And he got it wrong. A basic error has affected that game. And like I said, I don't think we would have got back and drawn, but at the, it's just this extra bit of bad luck. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, I feel for Santos as well. He's, he's what, had five sendings off and three have been rescinded. That, that's a joke. Mm, I think it's two actually. I think that that that's, that went out in error uh, at some stage. But I think uh, it, it, there's there's certainly been question marks over a, over a few of them. And and I do think the way that Bolton played, he is the last man. He's going to have that pressure on him. Um, I don't think it's right uh, to to necessarily label him um, as some people did. Uh, you know, as, as a, some sort of liability, which is clearly not the case. I think just, you know, he is in that position. And I think George Thomason talked about the same sort of thing when he was playing as a deep-lying midfielder. He was often last man as Josh Sheehan found himself a couple of times at Wigan as well. Um, just the way they go on set pieces, sometimes you're the last guy and sometimes you have to make that foul and, and, and you pick up silly bookings. So, yeah, um, yeah look... I mean, the, the thing is, you can't do anything about it. I mean, pe- you know, managers talk for ages, players talk for ages about the controllables, the uncontrollables, the stuff you can do anything about and actually affect and the stuff that you absolutely can't. And unfortunately, the referee is one of those things. Um, so really, no matter how harshly you feel treated, you've just got to get on with it. And, you know, Bolton, I think, I disagree with you, I think if, if Santos stays on the pitch and it goes to 3-1, I still think Bolton get back in that game. I think they, I think all they need is a goal. At, I think there was 25 minutes left, potentially. All they yeah. need is a goal and the whole mood of that game completely changes. I don't think they were done and dusted with that one, but you'll never know. It's It's gone now. They yeah. had to move on to Wigan and, and Ian Everett spoke very strongly and I thought he spoke quite well in the build-up to the Wigan game because a few times in in that particular fixture down the years I felt like Wigan have had the mental edge on it and I felt that some of the the preparation or the, or the words leading into it I think Ian Everts tried to be relaxed about it and and kind of like brushing it off as if it's not a big game didn't work then I think he's gone the other way and I think he's really kind of stirred it up and it didn't work um this time I I thought he spoke really really well in the build up to it uh he kind of bridged the gap from the disappointment that was being felt after the Blackpool game and I was quite confident going to Wigan, I've got to be honest, that they get something, win, draw, whatever it might be. Um, didn't happen. And you can kind of pick apart the performance and I think the uh, the, the way that they fought, the, the way that they controlled the ball, the way that they pinned Wigan back was all very admirable. Um, and I will say also, Wigan defended really well, really, really well. They their game plan was was spot on in that respect. They they absorbed everything that Bolton got. So from a Bolton perspective, the disappointment was that they couldn't break through, and it was only the scoreline that prevented that from being a really good. And that sounds stupid, doesn't it? <laughs> only the scoreline. Yeah. But yeah, it it was it was literally that breakthrough, and you know that feels like it happens a little too often. Yeah, I think out of all the Wigan defeats, this for me was the worst because I I agree with you. I, going into it, I convinced myself we were going to be fine. We were going to get the win. It all set up for us to finally beat them. Um, they are mid-table. 
they they'd just drawn at home to Cheltenham, and I was like, well, they've got they've achieved what they want to achieve. They wanted mm. to at least be mid table, and they've achieved it. Um, you know, you go into the game and the yeah, the way Bolton played was was great. And I, I, this is it. The first half, all it needed is a goal because Wigan. I, I've only seen Wigan two, well, three times now this season. The two against us and the uh, the game against United. Mm. And I was quite surprised with how they played because I thought they, they played very similar to how they played against United, where they just sat back and, and tried to hit on the break, I guess. Whereas when they came to the tough sheet, I thought they were into Bolton. They wanted it more and they were showing that. So I was quite surprised they weren't doing that. But at the end of the day, you've you know, you've know got to give Wigan credit because they've they've clearly done the research. They've... They've, they know, they've known what to do to beat Bolton. And they've gone and done it. The guys mm. come on and scored. And, you know, you've got to give them credit for that because they, they, they've they done it again and as they, they chance. And uh, it's just, mm. it's so frustrating because this time I was convinced and it was just set up for us to win. And then you look at the Derby result, which again, I, I, you don't know what the players know. But, and I don't suppose they, they they would know about the Derby result, but the fact that they finished 30 minutes before us and lost, and we still then lost, I, I, it comes down to mentality again. And good teams go in those games and get the goal and push on, and we just didn't do it. I don't think we created much. I thought we got into good areas, but their goalie hasn't really had to make many saves, apart from tolls from 30 yards. So... It just was really poor. They've gone and, and scored and won. And uh, you know what? I think, I do think still, even in that situation where they're mid-table, Wigan want it more. And I think you saw that after the game, the way their players reacted. I, if we win, say we played them at the tough sheet and won, I don't think our players are going up to their fans personally. No. I think they're sticking, they're going in the corner to the Bolton fans. But I think they're, they're not jumping about and whatever. They're just, I, I just think they do what they normally do and go to that corner and then make their way around the stadium. But obviously Wigan, they, they just want it more. And that, this is it. You look at their social media afterwards, they've not shut up about it. And it's just, it's. I don't know where Bolton go with it because it's becoming, it's, it's becoming really annoying now. Like <laughs> this Wigan thing is really annoying. And, the, and uh, again, it just comes to a, down to a mentality thing and... This is what worries me going into the rest of the season um, because we've got some big games coming up. We've got one next Tuesday, and with this team at the moment, I don't see us. I don't see us going to Barnsley. I don't see us going to Derby and winning because we haven't proved that we can before, especially in the last week. So, yeah, very frustrating. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, the a bad night got worse with with Carlos Mendes Gomez going off after twenty minutes, and uh, Steve Air, who was sat behind me um, talking on, on BBC Radio Manchester. He was saying this this injury has happened at the worst possible time because obviously whilst he was getting treatment, Wigan were able to regather after what had been quite a dodgy start. And after that, they improved and, and the game plan came through for them. But obviously, Mendes Gomez, um, we haven't had it confirmed yet. So fingers crossed there is some better news for him. But it looked like a ruptured Achilles uh, tendon, which is a is a very very serious injury for an athlete to sustain, and um, you're talking you know up to a year really before you you're back, yeah. um, and and you know Carlos has, has already had a bit of a stop start um, time at Bolton, and it's uh, it's it's a really really bad piece of news for him. Yeah, it is very frustrating. Um, he's just showing what he can do. He got a couple of goals, and 
now this and again it just added to a bad night i thought steve Earle was right i thought you know it, it came at a bad time for bolton it completely stopped the men the the it stopped the rhythm and i think what at that point what had impressed me about bolton was because wigan had set the stall out i thought they were they were trying to break up play going down easily trying to you know just disrupt bolton i thought we we dealt with it really really well and i was thinking this is the best of sinners play against wigan we looked in control we looked like we 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 took on the fact that earlier in the season we were one of the favourites to win the league, and I think in that big game it didn't we didn't deal with it. This time I thought, yeah, we're looking at this and going, we're third, we're better than you, we're going to play like we're better than you. Uh, and then yeah, that Mendes Gomez injury disrupted it. So I hope he's, I hope it's not as bad as what um, we suspect. Is yeah, it's if it's going to be a year. I mean, let's face it, that'll be February next year coming into the championship. It's, what can you do with two months? You've got to get match fit and, and everything. So it might be a situation where we don't see him now until the season after next, which will be, yeah, which will be, I'd be gutted for him. But, you know, I, you've got to look and think, well, everyone else has got to step up. You know, Mendes Gomez has stepped up in the last few weeks since Dion's been out. And again, you know, I I know a lot has been said about Collins uh, and Bob Varson and Jerome when they came on, but I don't think any of them particularly played to what we feel they can play. And and hopefully Dion can come back on Saturday. But again, you've got Dion Charles coming in and having to pick up the slack. You know, this is part of the reason in the weeks before he got injured where you look and think, well, Dion is he taking on too much? Has it affected him? Is he does he need to just have someone else who does it and he can sort of drift in and out and get his goals and just concentrate on that. Dion's going to have to come back in and, and hit the ground running. And with you, I think the, the disappointment for me is when, when Mendes Gomez went off that, I mean, Collins came on and I, I think you can see why he's, he's, you know, he's obviously a decent player. He likes to drift wide. He, he, he kind of likes the ball to be played in front of him. Not as good with his back to goal which is the way he was having to play because Wigan was so deep. And obviously with back to goal, you need to have a bit more physicality about you, that kind of thing. Uh, Adebayo was was okay, nothing nothing more. Um, then in the last kind of stages when they threw Bodvarsson on, I don't think, I don't, in fact, he didn't touch the ball, Bodvarsson, in 20 minutes, which is, is just astounding. Um, and then towards the end, with with Wigan, I mean, they were back five sat, you know, as as deep as you could possibly do to make sure you, they saw that result out and really just hitting on the break on the the very odd occasion. But the, you you you've closing stages, and Josh Sheehan, who for me it was probably the game's best player in a Bolton shirt at least. Um, Josh Sheehan was drawn for Cameron Jerome, and oh, I mean it was a staggering one for me. I I, I you know. I always give the manager benefit of the doubt because it's obviously it's all on it's all on his head and and that's the that's the game. But wow, I I, I was really uh, really surprised by that substitution. I don't know about you. Yeah, I was. I mean, yeah, I think you're right with the the, the it's down to the manager. And hindsight's great. Is that the amount of times this season that people have said, "Oh, Everett's uh, substitutions haven't worked," but then probably matched the amount of times that they have. It's just one of those things. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And I'm sure if he was here, 
talking to us now he would explain the decision and and maybe we'd think more oh right yeah i get that i, I will but, ask him that question at the presser to be honest it's, it's one of those that i think does probably need a little bit of explanation i'm sure he's got a reason for it yeah well um you know i think she and yeah it, it's she and was was the guy who was getting the ball and trying to push us forward and press on and mm. you know jerome obviously had something different but he's a lot further up the pitch so whether it was down to Dempsey and Thomason to do more of that, which, I mean, they're good players and I think they can do that. But yeah, I, I think, you know, maybe Everett's looking at it and going, well, they were camped in. So we weren't at any pressure really of going 2-0 down. So you might as well stick another striker on. But yeah, it was, um, I, it just didn't work. And it was just, I, I think the 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 thing for me um with it all is that you can look at stats and look at the fact that Wigan had what two or three shots and we had most possession and everything the most damning stat for me and I think you shared this was the xg mm. and Wigan had a bigger xg than us and that is not that for me you can have off days and I think in isolation if you had the Blackpool result in October and this result now you don't compare them but in isolation it's just one-off results you could say well that was because of the ref and whatever and the Wigan one was just it hit us on the break but I think together it's just if you want to get promoted it's not good enough and having an XG of that much when you have so much of the ball and you are trying to create as many chances as you can that's for me it's not good enough um take Wigan out of it if it was anyone else it, it's still not good enough and uh yeah it's just so disappointing because um it was it was made for us to win, and like I said, credit to Wigan, fair play to them. They enjoyed their result. Um, they enjoyed it a bit too much you know. towards the end. I mean, I, yeah. I, I guess we're going to hear some more about the the stuff towards the end, the pushing and shoving and and what have you. But um, Godo uh, or Godo or I don't quite know what his name's pronounced. So apologies to him. Um, uh, he really did uh, celebrate and ran the length of the pitch, went kind of in front of the Bolton fans, which was pretty uh, pretty risky business. Um, Bolton, uh, Bolton players and the staff didn't take well to it. Ended up, you know, pretty much 22 players all coming together and, and there was a lot of pushing and shoving going on. Very nearly kicked off completely. Um, I noticed one of the, the Wigan backroom grabbed hold of uh, Godo and, and, and took him straight back to the dressing room so he was well clear of it. But... Yeah, I mean, it was it was a bit classless for me. I've got to be honest, and and uh, you know, there's been a lot of stuff um, over the last twenty four hours. To be honest, that I could probably bra- uh, put into that bracket as well. Um, but that's football nowadays, isn't it? Especially on social media. But uh, yeah, I, I, it 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 seems to matter more uh, to Wigan, um, and perhaps that's the problem. I suppose that's that's the bottom yeah, line. Well, I mean. Wigan, they, they wind up merchants and they always have been. Like James McLean was. You think of the yeah. when we drew 1 1 at the DW, their goal after a couple of minutes, they, their players are, are pretty much going to our fans then. Mm. Whereas when Bob Barson scored, he went straight to our fans. And I think, you know, for all the jokes aside um, about, oh, well, little Wigan and, and no fans and all of that, the fact is, is that it. It clearly means more to them. They are more up for it. The players are more up for it. You know, even on their social media, they, the cl- their club seemed more up for it than Bolton. I don't know whether that was a, a plan of Bolton's just to be like, listen, let's not go overboard. 
No, but I just, I, I mean, honestly, I, honestly, it, it's it's probably the, the respective age of the uh, social media team, uh, because well, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I think social media is is it, it's not for me. I don't like this club banter crap. It absolutely drives me nuts. Um, it, you know, I don't think I think clubs should be should just have a bit of dignity with that sort of stuff. Um, you know, Blackpool uh, at the weekend with that. It was a really weird tweet, actually. It's something about um, where have we seen four goals against Bolton before? And somebody asked me after the game, like, what are they on about? I'm thinking, I, can I remember a 4-3 here when there was, uh, uh, like, when, yeah. when he never would have Premier been playing? And Premier League days, I'm yeah. sure, because, like, right at the very end, Bolton missed a chance. And then I, then it twigged. I was like, wow, they're making a reference to the 53 Cup final. In 2024, yeah. that's incredible. <laughs> yeah, well, this is it, is that it's, um, you know, for both of them clubs, yeah, wind-up merchants, Blackpool were the same, the fans singing, Bolton get battered, and it seemed like their biggest result of a season. That's the way. But the fact is, they've won. Both of them have won. They've got yeah. the three points, they've won. Uh, Wigan have got six against us, and no matter what we can say, they've got the win, and they can wind us up, and we allow that to happen. So... It's very disappointing and it's just... Ian Everett's right, though. To round it off, Ian Everett is right, is that the only way they can get... I mean, fans... Bolton fans are very loyal and we will support them and no doubt we'll take a lot to Barnsley and a lot to Derby and that'll be that. It will get forgotten about. However, it will only truly be forgotten about if we get promoted. If we don't get promoted, this this week will come back to... And a lot of people will... still remember it and still bring it up um I, you know so i think the one way the club and the players can get back on truly are back on side is if they they get promoted that's just the uh, sound of me booking a holiday from april the 28th to mid-august next year because <laughs> i don't want to be around for that if that happens uh okay so we opened up uh this week's pod to to the listeners, because obviously the Blackpool and Wigan results have raised some issues that people want to get off their chest. So, let's go. Is that Philip Marish? Emails, actually. Right, Henry, are you ready for this? I warn you. Mm-hmm. I warn you, folks are not happy. I have... Um, on the odd occasion, uh, just taking away the the odd salty phrase here and there because this is a family podcast. I've got kids listening. <laughs> I really don't want letters. I don't want more letters. I don't want more emails from parents. So um, yes, if you've if you've missed a couple of phrases here and there and you sent something in, um, don't worry. Okay, this one is from Blair, um, and he says I appreciate this coming from a half. Uh, glass half empty perspective after the disappointment of losing two derbies in the space of a few days but I wanted to email you with a few thoughts for the buff and get your perspective Um, I emailed earlier in the year about concerns about squad depth after the transfer window closed in August and I have to say I thought in January the board backed Everett by bringing in Collins along with some strong looking loan signings it looked like an attempt to continue to improve from a position of strength given the league table but I'm concerned about the recent performances and dipping form commented to a friend a while back that I thought our performances, even whilst picking up points against Wickham and Cheltenham, for example, were not sustainable and that it would soon catch up on us. Uh, winning whilst not playing well is a good sign of a good side, uh, but in my opinion, 
on the basis that it's temporary and that teams soon get back to their best. Carlisle aside, the performances, in my opinion, have not picked up. Um, last night, for all the possession, and this is against Wigan, uh, the lack of clear-cut chances created was a big concern, especially in the last 20 minutes. Um, we repeatedly passed in what appeared to be a horseshoe from full-back to centre-half to full-back and then back again. Um, it looked like a lack of confidence and bravery to play the forward incisive pass to break Wigan down. Um, while I can appreciate Bolton's support appear quite demanding at the moment, the expectation of promotion is something that Everton has consistently subscribed to as well, it feels. If it isn't achieved this year, I feel like a lot of it will fall on his shoulders, given the backing he's received from the board. Some of the recent big-name signings, even going back to Adebayejo, are yet to show value for money, in my opinion. And that's from Blair. So, Henry, um, to, to kind of condense that, we've got uh, Aaron Collins... Uh, we've got uh, Natuk Better, uh, Calvin Ramsey, um, who else was signed in January? Uh, and then obviously signings from the summer as well. Has has Bolton's business in the last 12 months been value for money for you? Um, I mean, it's a good question because um, I, I guess... I mean, speaking after two defeats to local rivals, yeah, you, it's you don't know. I get that. But, yeah. um, but I think, you know, you look at Baxter, I think Baxter has been. Um, you know, I quite, I don't mind Coleman as a backup, but if Baxter had played the last few games, would we have had different circumstances? I guess we'll never know. Mm. Um, so I think goalkeeper-wise, yes, I think they've they've recruited quite well. Um you look then at other areas of the pitch, uh, the wing backs in terms of Dacus Cogley and Williams and Ramsey and um, Ogbetta. Um, I actually think Dacus Cogley has had quite a good season. So he's had, he's had yes a rough couple of weeks. I think that's fair. Yeah, I, I, he's had I, he's had a like couple yes. of rough periods, hasn't he? But on the whole, I think he's been he's been very good. Um, Ramsey, we haven't really seen anything of. Ogbetta the same. Ogbetta's kind of. I think take the Carlisle goal out of it, and Ogbetta's been okay. I don't mm. think he's he's, but I I can I can see why we've brought him in. Um, and then Randall Williams, I guess, was last January. I think he's been good. So I, I you know, when Williams and and uh, and Dacus Cogley play, I think we we're good on the you know on the flanks. So I would say yes with that. You then look at other areas of the pitch and. Magoma, I'd say, yeah, has been a success. Mendes Gomez, you're gonna to have to say no at the moment, but he's if he if he hadn't got injured the other night, you would probably say starting to show signs of being a yes. Uh, Aaron Collins is, I think there's a lot of unfair criticism on Aaron Collins because yeah, I think apart from that pass against the cross against Barnsley, he hasn't done much. But I, I think overall, he's probably played the equivalent of three full games for us with the sub appearances. I'm amazed so I think criticism. A... I mean, there's really not been a lot to, to criticise because he's not really had a lot of, of, of effort to, to get out there, really. No, he's not. But I think the, the price tag means you've got to... You've, that that assist for the Barnsley game was everyone was like, oh, we've got a hell of a player here. Since then, because he's not done it, I think people are like, hang on a minute, we've paid a lot of money for you. So I think overall, there, there are... Yeah, there's yeses and nos. I think overall... Uh, who are you comparing it to? Are people comparing it to the Januaries we've had in the past when we we're in League Two and then that one in League, the first one in League One? Then no, it's not compared to that because each one of those players, probably apart from Marcus Madison, but most of them players came in at that time and changed the, the dynamic of it and changed the team. 
So yeah, that was a fantastic uh, recruitment window, but I, I, don't, I don't know. I just think for, for me, we're in a different area. I think we've got the, the first 11. It's just adding names to it. So the, I don't know, you're adding players to a squad. So we're not going to have that same impact. So that's a lot, very long-winded way of me going. There's a little from column A and a little from column B. <laughs> we'll move on uh, because we've got quite a few emails to get through. This one's from Nick. Um, I don't always agree with everything you say on the buff, but fair play to you both coming out every week uh, with a show without fail. I almost got caught up with Henry's happy clapping last week. The music under his rousing speech was a lovely touch, by the way, and had me laughing. Uh, the players obviously didn't listen to the podcast on the way down to Blackpool because after they scored the first goal, they played more like the donkeys giving kids ride up and down the beach. How Santos got off with the red card, I don't know. He clearly took the guy out. There's an opinion. Um, but... Even then, he didn't make the best of his let-off, and it was back to the same foot on the ball, side to side, something, 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 that we've grown sick of watching. Teams have figured Bolton out. All they have to do is sit back, defend their penalty box, and wait for a mistake. It sometimes comes from Santos, but more often of late, it's come from Joel Coleman, who, in my opinion, is not a League One goalkeeper, as you both seem to claim last week. Um, I have been watching Bolton for 45 years and I know a successful team. When I see one, this isn't it. How can Everett say we'll be okay when we play the same sort of football as we played against Wigan? How many shots on target exactly? I don't fancy us in the playoffs. It's another season in League One. I'm afraid, says Nick, who uh, is a life coach, I assume. Um, so, yeah, uh, obviously we're talking uh, somebody from the very glass um, half-empty uh, camp there and, and and there's plenty of them this week and everybody's, uh, everybody's entitled to that opinion so the style of football we've we've obviously covered this a fair few times um, and for my two penneth worth um, I think they do have to mix it up a bit more a bit better than they did um, on Tuesday night it did feel on second look and and actually I, I when I was at the game and writing live I probably had a slightly better feel of it, a sort of like a, a, a more optimistic feel of how Bolton had played than when I actually reviewed it and looked at it again. Um, because actually, you know, the, the chances weren't as clear cut as I probably looked at first time round for, for Wigan. Um, I do think they, tr they, they struggle to, to mix up their play. If they're forced to go direct, I think that is when they struggle more. Um, and Wigan were almost willing them to do it, I think, on Tuesday night. I think sometimes when you've, you know, they're always going to be a possession-based team at heart, of course, but I think you do sometimes have to play, play the conditions, play the opposition, whatever it might be. And they're going to have to find some way of being better or bring those, even the set-piece goals back. You know, I mean, beginning of the season, we were we were eulogising about how well they'd got the set-pieces down. But I can't, there's not been as many recently. I'm, I, I may, maybe just kind of imagining that, but it doesn't feel to me, they've conceded a few, but I can't, I can't remember them scoring too many recently. Um, the threat doesn't seem to be there quite as bad, uh, quite as much at the moment. And, you know, he's not going to change the football philosophy. That is going to be the way. And, and in a sense, Ian Everett has tried to future-proof it, as we said last week. But um, I, it, you do feel that it offers, this the style of play offers the players a chance to play safe. 
they can play that side-to-side -side thing that, that Nick's mentioned there, and it's safe, and you're not losing the ball, and you're ticking that box, but it doesn't get you anywhere. And I think that's where they found themselves, I don't know whether you, you agree or disagree, but that's where they found themselves on Tuesday. Yeah, I, I think another uh, area where teams have kind of worked us out is that, because if you remember, we used to get a lot of goals where we'd get a player going... Um, you know, on the overlap to the byline and cross it in and someone's there to tap it in. Mm. I can't remember. I mean, I may be wrong, obviously. I'm I'm not looking at all the goals, but I, don't, I can't remember us necessarily doing that. Uh, the Lu Charles's goal against Luton, maybe. But other than that, I can't remember us necessarily doing that um, so much recently. And I just think teams have worked us out. Teams know we, we get to the byline a lot. But a lot of the crosses go in and get kicked away or blocked. And I, I think teams know that, okay, against Bolton, if you pack the penalty area, we, we're not, you know, you, you're going to get a block on it. Are you going to clear it? Because we're not, I, I don't know, we just don't have that edge in the penalty area for me where you're going to, somebody's going to fight and, and get on the end of a, a ball or the ball goes to the back post and there's no one there or it's a misplaced cross. We've got so many of them at the moment. And it's the same with the set pieces. I think teams have worked out what we're trying to do. Mm, and, maybe. you know, it's just, I've always defended the way we're playing. I've, I think that it's more, for me, it's more entertaining than a lot of other play we've seen at Bolton under other managers. But I can totally understand people talking on Tuesday and saying, well, what was the point in all the possession? Because we didn't create anything. It's all the same, and you're just trying to, trying to trying the same thing over and over again. And I I accept that on Tuesday. So yeah, we need that sort of plan B. We need that other route. But again, you you look at like preseason. Dempsey scored a few goals or, or a goal from outside the area. I, yeah. I can't think of many shots Dempsey's point. had from outside the area. Sheehan scored last year. Was it Shrewsbury at home? He scored from mm. outside. Magoma has obviously did what he did against Charlton, but he's got a shot on him. Thomason did against Blackpool. I, I don't see us... If, if there's a low block, for me, Bolton get a lot of the ball in the midfield. But the defender plays it... Uh, like Santos plays it right into Sheehan, who's in the middle, who turns and can run at, um, run at midfield... Uh, sorry, at the defence. And then it tends to go out wide and then trying to get it in, and it just come, gets blocked and cleared away. I don't know why. Why aren't we shooting from distance? Why aren't we testing the goalie? Because Toll did it, and we nearly got a goal. And Santos, I don't know, I, Santos I, did it, and he got charged down, and they nearly counted and scored. But uh, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I think the, the the shots from distance was one of the one of the ways they could have broken through on Tuesday night. That seemed to be they were willing that to happen, and Bolton have got the players to be able to do that. I mean. We've seen Magoma do it. We've seen Sheehan do it in the past. Thomason's got a belt in, uh, uh, belting shot on him as well. There's there's a few players that can definitely do it, um, but it's it, it it requires a bit of bravery, and I think that comes back against that mentality point you made earlier. Yeah, definitely, and um, it's yeah, it's uh, the the thing is is, and I think this sums up Bolton's mentality at the moment. We'll be fine against Cambridge on Saturday. We'll go two 0 up, and then they'll score, and we'll be hanging out at the end because we've seen that before, and that's what <laughs> will happen. And then Barnsley will lose, and that's what will happen. And we've got used to it. And I think for the fans, I think it's it's the same. We're hearing the same thing, and we're seeing the same thing over and over again. No one doubts that this team is 
a, a good team. I know the email there said he's, he's not a, a promotion winning team, but we're not a relegation team. You, this is a top six team at the very least. Everyone knows that. And I think that's the frustration is that when you are seeing the same thing happen all over again, and when you're seeing us lose at, at these kind of grounds, and then when you're seeing us against the likes of Wickham, Northampton at home, Leighton Orient, we get goals ahead and then they score and we're hanging on at the end. Cheltenham, 1-0. They shouldn't have been, we shouldn't have been hanging on at the end and we were. And then it's just the same over and over again. And we are so lucky that Derby have, have decided to be crap as well this week because <laughs> Bolton deserves to be six points behind them. Yeah. We do. And, and we've got away with it. Something slightly, just to, to freshen the palate from Andrew. Um, Dear Mark and Henry, love the podcast. who religiously listen to us on a Friday evening whilst cooking for the missus. So your voices scream weekend to me. Thank you very much for your hard work. Uh, I think we'd all agree we've been disjointed of late, but the one thing I've not heard discussed is the lack of training time uh, due to fixture congestion. Surely it's a co- contributing factor, especially for Joel Coleman and the ever-changing back three. Integrating new players into the system takes time. And we don't have... Uh, don't seem to have much of it. Seems we're getting points off the back of individual brilliance at the minute, rather than being a cohesive team. Um, it must also make it very difficult to prepare for a far-flung away Tuesday fixture when we play on Saturday and they need to give players some rest in between. How do you find sufficient time to gel as a unit as well as preparing tactically? I know other teams play Saturday, Tuesday as well, but it's maybe not as congested as our fixture list. What do you both think, says Andrew? And you know what? It it is another of these mitigating factors, and and they all look like excuses when you've uh, when you've lost games. Um, but the bottom line is when a when a Bolton play on a Saturday, they don't they don't train on the Sunday. They come in for the the review meeting as such on the Monday morning. And they sit and they they pick apart the game that's just been, and they have a a talk, and you know maybe this clips shown of of things they've done well things they haven't done well and then they'll go out onto the training ground now if there is a game on the tuesday that's obviously not a, a particularly heavy session in any way shape or form but it's it's enough just about to turn them round for tuesday and then on tuesday especially if you're away from home you, you're traveling on that monday afternoon as well so there's not a lot of turnaround so that saturday tuesday point is a good one there is not it's not easy, and any manager will say that it's not easy. You've got to do a lot more talking, a lot more pointing to TV screens and, and what have you, as opposed to out on the, the grass and, and doing what you consider normal football training. And obviously, there's been the uh, the issues with lost stock and the weather and all that kind of thing as well to throw in there. Other teams do it. Other teams have managed it better, so that kind of excuse is thrown out a little bit. But it does sometimes, and probably the Coleman point's a good one, it does sometimes just show some of the frustrations that you have as a manager. Yeah, I, I can see that. And, um, you know, yeah, you do need time on the training ground. It is, it, that's a cliche that all managers say. And when you're playing Saturday, Tuesday, it does become difficult. But, you know, this is what they sign up for. This is what EFL football is. We've had it every season We've been in the EFL, we've had it every season since the COVID season where we, we're playing this. So I, I don't know, you've, you've got to adapt. But um, yeah, it's it's. I, I just think at the moment, it, you, we've gone from the excuse uh, being, oh, well, we've got a lot of injuries. So those injuries have come back, really. 
We've only got a few players out injured now. Dion's coming back on Saturday. Well, I guess he replaces oh, Mendes hopefully. Gomez, but yeah. Yeah. Um, but we've we've got the players back now. So the what's the excuse now? It just seems that yeah, I don't know. Every team goes through bad stages, and I guess this is Bolton's, and it's just unfortunate we've got some tough games in this uh, period. But um, you know, if that's the case, then you'd. I know we've got a couple more Saturday Tuesdays to come and then hopefully we can have a bit of a rest when we've got internationals and just mm. regroup. But by then, where are you going to be in the league? Because we've already got Barnsley sniffing down our uh, necks. Peterborough were out of it and now they'll think they're back into it. Mm. So suddenly it's gone from being a three-horse race to Portsmouth being out on their own and the rest are catching. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because the international break comes after the derby game, of course. Uh, Shrewsbury is going to get moved on to later in the season, so that really is going to be the only time he's going to have to really uh, Avengers assemble. Um, right, this one's from Paul. Uh, just where do I start? It's a strange feeling. I'm probably at my lowest step as a Bolton supporter since January 2021. This was, of course, when we were in League Two and before we invested in the Cavalry to come in and save us from another season in that awful league. It's strange to feel this way when we're third in League One on the same points as the team in second place. And I think we do need to remember that. Um, the entire team appears to have been drained of confidence. Our resilience appears to have been shattered and it uh, has coincided with Baxter's injury. Can we blame Coleman? For me, not at all. He hardly got on the bench, uh, let alone play games. And last night, now I assume this uh, is the Wigan game yet. Yeah? So last night, it looked to me like Santos got in his way, which led to the expected Wigan goal, which was completely against the run of play. Also, Santos made another rash tackle against Blackpool to give away a penalty. I think this shows the team doesn't show uh, doesn't trust Coleman as much as they should. Um, let's be honest, I would guess our annual playing budget must be 40% more than Wigan's. Um, <clears throat> not sure about that maths, but hey. Uh, we should have won easily. The question is, why didn't we? The best I can come up with is that we don't make teams pay when we have possession. We don't shoot, we don't score. As the old saying goes, you have to buy a ticket. So I have a couple of questions. Uh, does the club have anyone looking after the psychological side of playing for a big League One team who are going for promotion? The pressure must be immense. It's how you cope with it that counts. And number two, should Ian Everett be given another season if we don't make it to the championship this year? To be honest, I'm undecided. However, I do get the feeling the fan base may want to change of approach. In the words of the Cornetto adverts, it's now or never, says Paul. So I'm going to take number one, Henry. You're having number two. Um, so uh, <laughs> uh, as far as the psychological side of things, I think it's very much down to the coaching staff. Um, they don't have a specialist psychologist, to my knowledge. Um, although I know it is a, a side of uh, the game that Ian Everett does invest in quite heavily. Um, he has a lot of one-on-one -on -one meetings with his players. Uh, they have a lot of uh, like kind of wellness checks and 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 all that kind of stuff, um, just to make sure they you know they give themselves the best possible chance. But pressure is, you know, it's it's a it's a funny thing. And and this is really the first time that Bolton have been out in front. Unexpected, like last season, I think they obviously were targeting a playoff place. They were in and amongst it most of the season, but there was a, a lot of margin forever. They kind of, you know, go up a couple of places, go down a couple of places. They was they were never really realistically close enough to that top two for it to to really weigh. And this time is different. You think back to League Two, they played Chase for the second half of the season, as you mentioned, with the the cavalry coming in January. This is a new experience for, for the manager, for the coaching staff, for the whole club. 
Um, so yeah, maybe there is that psychological side that they are currently flagging in, which and, and this kind of promotion pressure is weighing heavily on the shoulders of, of some people. Maybe it is something that they, they look into, particularly if they don't uh, go up this season, which touch wood uh, will still happen. But um, Henry, the second question is obviously a bit pointy. Um, let me just say, for starters, that there's there's no appetite that I know of <laughs> to change the manager. Um, I can completely get that fans, um, you know, that's one of the go-tos as far as when there's a bit of bad form and such like. And, and you know, everybody's got their opinion on it. But but what's yours? I think uh, if you sacked Ian Ebert at the end of a season, say we got in the playoffs and didn't get promoted, I think that would be very, very harsh, personally. Um, I think... People saying that Everett needs to go or he needs to be given a season, I think it is just a reaction to the last week. Um, and you've got to think of sometimes, uh, like we, there's been so many times where as as fans of Bolton, you look at another club who sat the manager and you've gone, oh, that's harsh. Like, And I think that would be the case if they sacked Everett. I don't think, obviously, Everett has a great relationship with the board. I don't think they would do even thinking about it. But... I think if you if you look at Bolton Wanderers, take up take the fact that we're Bolton Wanderers out of it. Take the fact that we've got all this history out of it. Because technically, in all but name, when we went down to League Two, we had to start again. We had to start again. It was as if it was a fresh football club, and uh, you know, on the I guess on the because of the administration, on the headers of the um, of the the bits of paper and in the um, HMRC, it technically was. A brand new football club in name, um, but if you started again in League Two and we were in this position, there would be no doubts about the manager. You'd go, well, we've improved every year. We got to the playoffs and now we're joint second. Which in that email you have got to remember, we are joint second in the league. We've got a game in hand on Derby, which is another thing. Um, so, and I know Barnsley have a game in hand on us, but. Take that. Take all of that into consideration. We're not in a bad position, so I think to be talking about sacking the manager is a bit premature. And also, I think you you kind of and you'll know more than me, Mark, because you're closer to his thing. But you kind of get a vibe for when, say, the players aren't working for the manager. Mm -hmm. You get that vibe, don't you? And you get you get a vibe of oh, this could change soon. I don't, for one minute, looking from where I am, I don't think the players don't want to work free and ever, and that's. The, probably the main thing of any football manager sacking is are the players happy? And I think the players are. So, yeah, I think it's just a reaction to the Wigan result is why people are doubting Ian Everett. Mm -hmm. If we don't go up, then actually, it's... I, I, for me, next year, I would definitely give him next year. If we, don't, if we have a disaster next year and don't even make the playoffs, then you can look at, at sacking him. But until you go then, full, Phil, think... full Phil, Phil Neal, because that's what happened to Phil Neal, of course, a couple of players. Yeah. Then they had that mid-table season and that's what, you know, the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah, exactly. And then we'll get a Bruce Riach in. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't, I just think it's very premature. I think the, the manager's fine. The manager's doing a good job and we're on a good, you know, we I, I know some people don't like the way we play football or whatever. That's fine. Of course it is. But we are still joint second in the league with a game. You know, like, we are still in a strong position to get out of this league. And you know what? 
we could win on Saturday, we could beat Barnsley, and then suddenly it's a totally different podcast next week. Just like this podcast is a totally different one to the one last week when we beat Cambridge. We were having a nice podcast, we we're all positive. Now we're doing a Q and A listener listener emails because there's an inquest. It's just this is how it changes in a week. Yeah, it's just a funny old game, as somebody once said. It's uh, yeah, and look, I think to be even questioning that with with the team second uh, joint second in the table or, or third in the table, however you want to phrase it. But um, yeah, it's 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 preposterous, really. Um, at the end of the season, at the end of every season, Bolton's owners have a decision to make as to what happens in the following season. And we've heard this week a little bit more about kind of the Bolton ownership and uh, the, the people behind the scenes that are making the decisions and, and the people that are putting the money in and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, the 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 messaging from there is all being very, very upbeat. And, and you know, they they don't really seem to me, and, and certainly Sharon Britton um, and, and, you know, the board, Michael James and people like that, they don't seem to me people who make decisions based on emotion and that's kind of the fans job isn't it and the, the fans will go from one thing say Bolton win on Saturday or beat Barnsley or that kind of thing there will be no people there will there will be nobody out there saying oh well let's think about a change of manager um I think the logical time for any sort of discussion on it is at the end of a season once you can see whether you've accomplished your targets um, and at the end of the season, if Bolton are not promoted, then I'm sure that Ian Everett will fully expect to, to sit down and say, "Right, okay, well, look, how are we going to get how are we going to get promoted? Or do you think is is it in is it in you? Is, you know, he'll probably ask himself that question. I'm sure. Um, but right now, at the heat, in the heat of the battle, I think it's a it's a, it's it's not a question that I think we should be even um, entertaining. Um, so I'm going to move on to another email, and this one is um, from Andy C. Um, who uh, says, great podcast, uh, helps with my torturous drive from Berwick-upon-Tweed to Bolton to watch the Mighty Whites. Ooh. It used to be just from Liverpool, but Mrs. C fancied a move this year, mm. all the way up to Berwick. Good grief. That's a, that's a trek. Um, <laughs> anyway, we started the year talking about a new Bolton who were shooting with some success from outside the box. We loved it. Move forward to January, February, and we're back to passing around the box, backwards, forwards, no penetration, no shots, trying to score the perfect goal. The Wickham and Charlton games were prime examples. Both of these teams had numerous chances and should have scored well before Bolton even got a shot anywhere near goal. This is what is frustrating fans currently. I like the possession-based football, but there needs to be more creation and attempts and an end product. He also says he's renewed his season ticket, so can we extend the podcast to three hours? Um, well, I mean, if we keep on doing email specials, it's very likely the podcast will be three hours <laughs> every single week. Um, but Henry, let's go back to what we were talking about earlier, about uh, shots on target, taking it on. Who's the guy? Who's the guy who you know you're pinning your hopes on here because Sheehan for me has been Bolton's player of the season so far yeah you know you look to him and you think go on you know go and dig him out of a hole Saturday against Cambridge ping one in from 25 yards set the touch paper go on do it oh sorry I thought you were going to carry on I was halfway through my drink I was I thought I, my, my bit had finished Henry you carry on mate <laughs> um, no yeah uh, Sheehan is the guy a shout out as well there's a guy on TikTok who uh, used my um, my another passionate uh, 
statement I made and a passionate speech I made about Josh Sheehan last week. He used that on a TikTok video, uh, oh, which nice. was I got a few people sent to me. Um, but uh, yeah, I, Sheehan seems to be the guy. Dempsey, you know, Magoma. The, I mean, Dempsey and Magoma for me seems to do the same thing. They kind of they start off on left foot and then do that cutting side on the right foot and try and bend it in. Um, you know, but I think there is a part. I think there's there's certain times. There's nothing more frustrating for me that one of the the two most frustrating things for me in football with football players is when you get a centre half from thirty yards in the last minute taking a shot because it never works out. <laughs> and the second thing is when their player is shielding the ball and your player goes and uh, touches them and they fall over and win a free kick mm. uh, when they're to, going towards their own goal. Now. The second one is not really anything to do with this point, but I just wanted to bring that up. The first one, uh, I, I barring told the other day, um, you know, it, it tends to happen. But I think um, you've got to be smart about it. And I think there's some times where, not in the 90th minute, but there are times where Bolton, it's that, you know, when we're on the, we have five or six minutes where it's just constant barrage of attack and we get the ball into the area, declare it, our defenders get it and we start again. And I think sometimes when it gets to the sixth minute of doing that, you just actually crying out. And the fans do it a lot. They cry out for somebody on the edge of the area just to take a shot. And if you get, this is it, I think, if you get some power behind it and he's going towards the goalkeeper, okay, he may save it. But mm. um, he may also push it out. He may also bobble it. Like how many times did Magoma, he had, is it Shrewsbury and Wickham? Mm. Both did it. The both goalies did it. He, he took a shot from the edge of the area and they fumbled it in the goal. And that has proven that that kind of happened. And I think sometimes it's just about being smart. I don't think you've got to shoot every time you get to the edge of the area. But if you've been having a few times where you're just getting it into the area, it's being cleared, just have a shot. Mm. See if it might work. It might not. But just do something different because the amount of times we watch Bolton and... We try and I'd say in the first half, and we try and over and over again to do the same thing. And then after thirty minutes, somebody takes a shot. The fans never moan. Actually, the fans applaud. The fans yeah. go, "Right, we've had yeah. a shot. Great." And I think sometimes we need to do more of that because, as as the other emails have said, if you don't if you don't shoot, you're not going to score, are you? No, no, it's a fair point. It's a fair point. It does feel like that's ebbed away from Bolton's game a little bit. You always feel like Paris Magoba wants to shoot at some stage, uh, but he, he's also guilty a little bit of of doing that kind of well, he didn't the other night, in, did out, in, out, in, out, in, out, and, and kind of frustrating us a little bit. But uh, And I also think Kyle Dempsey played well when he came off against Wigan, uh, came on rather, against Wigan. I think he was uh, one of the very few players in that last 20 minutes that looked to be getting things going, but... Enough of that. Let's right. Let's have let's have a a, a sweet finish uh, to our emails. A very quick one from Chris, Mark, and Henry. I'm going to be in the minority, I guess, if my email gets read out um, after a week in which we've had our backsides handed to us by Blackpool and Wigan. But I wanted to contact you to say Ian Everett still has my full support as manager, and I think he will lead us to the Championship next season. Put Nathan Baxter back in goal and Dion Charles up front. Even Randall Williams has been missed because I think he's the most direct attacking wingback we've got. And this will be a different team. I am sure lots of people will be sending angry emails to you and saying he's under pressure. And that might be so. I don't know what Sharon Britton's plans are if we don't go up. 
I, but I am pro Ian Everts and have been since the very start. And I think sometimes it's just the people who shout the loudest on social media and make sure their name is everywhere who make it look like it's something else. Now, I've said my piece. Let me get back to listening to the buff. Uh, P.S. Can you give a shout out to my son, William, who loves listening to the podcast on our way to games on Saturday mornings? William, we salute you. Um, so... All that said, and 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 this is this is something that I do have a lot of conversations about, Henry. Right. So you look at Twitter after a game, you look at Facebook after a game, look at Instagram, wherever you can comment, and and there is a very there's a, a positive and a negative camp, and we we talk about it a lot. But generally speaking. It only represents a very small minority of people. And there's lots of people out there, probably people who listen to this podcast even, who don't go out there and, and, and make their feelings known. And it always, with all the, the kind of the negative stuff that we've seen the last uh, couple, of, couple of days, few days over the results, it always surprises me that, that the away fans still sing manager's name. You know, there's still there's still such positivity there until until the point, of course, that that they walk away from the final and, and have their right to moan and such like. It does feel like the fan base is still they're still there. They're still supporting. They're still with the team. You 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 can rely on that. Um, it's it's not anything like some of the the previous times we've seen, and and you know, hark back to days of Gary Megson or or you know Dougie Friedman or or what have you, where you've you've heard the the real anger from people. It's nothing like it. It's nothing like it. So I think what this podcast has shown is that yes you know there's a cathartic thing after a game that people need to have their saying and, and to um to to kind of bloodlet a little uh, but actually on saturday you know they'll be back in the seats they'll be back supporting the team because that's what bolton fans do it is um i do think that sometimes uh when they shout when they're cheering the manager's name i think it's just a, a habit of a song and just to have maybe. a sing, yeah, maybe. sing i don't I, some i think there's some people that don't probably listen well, to well they the never words found one for, for megson or friedman <laughs> no that's true yeah um so maybe they do but um no i yeah i think uh this is the email that i uh probably sums me myself up uh more of my thoughts on it and it that comes to no surprise because everyone knows i'm a quite a, a positive person and they try to be level-headed um but you know i think the the we are doing a good job and it's important to re realize the context of everything yeah context at the moment is we've lost two big games in a row in the, a few days very different uh kind of games very different performances but the end of the day it doesn't matter we've lost them both but i think on the whole if you would have offered us at the start of the season uh to be joint second in the way where we are you you would have took it and everyone would have been quite excited thinking oh well we're going to go into the last few months of the season um going for promotion mm -hmm. and i think this is what the most frustrating thing is for me personally and i know so many emails we've had a, a contradict this but I think, and I've said this before, and I genuinely believe it, we have got the best team or the best squad in the league. I genuinely believe that. But it's there's just something there that isn't happening. Now, last year I thought Ipswich had the best squad in the league and they didn't win the league. They finished second. So it's... Now look at them. <laughs> you, and now look at them. I'm not saying we'll do what they've done this season, but 
it sometimes it's just about getting over the line and mm. there are teams that are a lot clearer at doing it than than what we are we uh, play a certain way every manager we come up against says oh Bolton best footballing team in the league or whatever a massive club so the mentality coming into each game we play and there's a probably only derby that have this maybe Portsmouth but Derby and Bolton have it is that we're getting 20,000 like the club have tweeted this morning saying that we've already had I think there's 19,000 for the Cambridge game coming mm. for a Cambridge game after two defeats you know in the last week it's mad isn't it? it's a it's bit mad. Yeah, it's, it's mad. We're a big draw and teams up the game against it. And you see that with Wigan, their reactions and Blackpool, their reactions when they beat us. So it's about dealing with it. Mentality is an issue. I don't think the quality is an issue for me. I think we, we're a good team. But, um, and I, I, I do believe we'll get back to, we'll get back to winning ways. We'll get go on a run. And this, we might have to plan for the playoffs because I think Portsmouth, uh, uh, credit to them, they're playing very well. They're getting, getting the wins and they're staying at the top it we might have to be the playoffs and if we don't go up we don't go up and that would be a shame but it's down to the players and the mentality and i don't i don't blame the manager there's certain things he could do differently of course but that's in hindsight but i think the players now are the ones that need to step up big time and they need to you need to have a good week does need to be a good week okay we'll have some quick predictions Pass us my crystal ball. What's happening next week? Prediction time. Prediction time indeed. Uh, So we've got two games this week and Cambridge United at home, Barnsley away um, in what is rapidly becoming the Henry Hewitt derby. Uh, Mm. I mean, Cambridge United at home, I feel like Bolton, I mean, it's a good game. It feels like a good game for Bolton. They're back at home. They've got decent crowd behind them. They've already beaten Cambridge once, so there's that little psychological edge quite recently as well. Um, so I, it feels like that. I feel positive about that one. I feel like Bolton are going to... Uh, I think you mentioned earlier that it'll be one of those where they go 2-0 up and, and maybe just scrape it. Maybe. Maybe. But I'm I'm going to be Mr. Positive this week. I'm going 3-0 to Bolton. I'd love that. Um, I'd love Aaron Collins to score... I, I think it is going to be 2-1. We've seen this script before. We'll get over the line. We'll win. Um, and, you know, it'll be interesting to see what everyone else does because Derby are on a, a slide as well. So if Derby, this is it at the moment. It's a shootout between Bolton and Derby uh, with Barnsley as well. If they won their game in hand, there's all three of us on the same point. So mm. uh, I think we'll win. Then going to the Barnsley game, as you said, big game for me personally. My in-laws are all Barnsley fans and... Uh, even at the the work, the, the the place of business they have, they've got Barnsley fans there who are keeping <laughs> uh, updating on everything. And every time Bolton lose, I, I, I'm, I know about it anyway, but I seem to be told from them. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not, Barnsley have a knack, they showed it last year, of picking up big wins and getting to towards the top of the table. So I'm not 100% confident Um you give me a draw now, I'd probably take it. I think it'd be 1-1. One, one. I'm taking a draw. I'm taking a draw. I think it'll be a nervy nil-nil. We don't get many nil-nils. We'll, we'll be in Bolton. second if we get a draw, if we, if we beat out Cambridge, of course. Listen, if Bolton are second, by the time we next record a podcast, you couldn't ask for anything better than that. You couldn't ask for anything better than that because, as you said, Paul, we're going into the last 10 games there. If Bolton are second, 
nobody in their right mind at the start of the season would not have taken that. So, no. yeah, I'm... Yeah, I I think put the put the disappointment of, of Blackpool and Wigan behind you. It's gone. There's nothing whatsoever, just like referees, just like all the other things that seem to have rained down during a crappy February. Put it all behind you. Now is what matters for Bolton. They've got 12 games and uh, two this week. Two big ones. Um, but I'm... Yeah, I'm re-energised. Re-energised. I've, I've, we've had a moan. We've had a groan. Everybody well entitled to do that. But I think come Saturday, they've got to be on it and they've got to be winning games and scoring goals again. Me too. And we'll wait and see if that happens because uh, we had a positive podcast last week, this week less so. Hopefully we can uh, we can have a, a positive sandwich. Mmm, sandwich. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, so until that's positive podcast next week, I have been Mark Isles. And I've been Henry Hewitt. And this has been The Buff.